0: left, trailing three, good protection,
1: pass the right goes, to oh, touchdown, Tampa Bay O.J. Oh, Howard fired him in and what a play. Welcome into the Bucks Nation podcast, an SB Nation team affiliate covering your Super Bowl 55 champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm your host, Jason Curtis. You can find me on Twitter at Nation. You can follow the show at our official Twitter handle at BucsNationPod. Also, be sure to check out all of our written works at Bucksnation.com. We're wrapping up the 2020 season with a series called Behind Enemy Lines. We are joined by our brothers from across SB Nation that cover our divisional rivals in the NFC South. Today, I'm Behind Enemy Lines with the Carolina Panthers talking free agency and headlines. My special guest today is a writer and social media coordinator for SB Nation's Cat Scratch Reader. He's also the co-host of the Keep Sounding podcast. Everyone, please welcome in. Brian Beverslews. What's up, man? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for jumping in. We are going to go behind enemy lines with the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to be asking you some questions. And then when we come back later on, you are going to be taking a peek behind enemy lines with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So let's go ahead and kick this thing off right now. 2020 season's been a little rocky for everybody across the league. But it seemed a little bit more for the the Carolina Panthers, unfortunately, right? There was just a series of snowball events that unfortunately did occur. Uh, Ron Rivera leaves, Cam Newton leaves. You've got Teddy Bridgewater coming in at quarterback. You've got a new head coach, Matt Rule, coming in, changing things up. As to be expected, with any fairly significant changes, things are going to, there's going to be some growing pings, right? But what do you think attributed to the Panthers' 5 and 11 season overall? I mean, really, it's just it's a pretty simple
0: answer. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater, as fun as he is as a a story, um, he's just a limited quarterback. He can't he's not really all that great of a deep thrower. He's really not. He's a short to meet intermediate thrower. Um, He was coming back and finally getting the uh, ability to start for a team. So Mm -hmm. that didn't help. Obviously, Christian McCaffrey being hurt really hurt them because they just paid him a ton of money last year. The offensive line really wasn't great before all this rebuilding started, but, and uh, the defense just got gutted over the course of the offseason. Thomas Davis went, uh, was cut. Luke Keekley retired. They had to let go of a bunch of other people. Um, you know, the state, the secondary as a whole was just a very, very young unit. Like they, they spent the entire 2020 draft on the defense. So that kind of tells you where they were at. Um they, they essentially did what the saints are doing this year, uh, in 2020 by just essentially taking all the dead caps they could. And well, I shouldn't say that's not what the saints are doing. The saints are just trying to come up with cap space, but they, uh, they were just, uh, they just decided to cut bait and just eat as much cap space as possible last year. And it was essentially a throwaway year. I mean, Matt rule signed a seven year contract as a head coach. So it's not like he was going to get fired for that year. Um, so yeah, I mean it was just a rebuilding year. They were changing the entire face of the franchise. So they they still played much better than I than I think a lot of Panthers fans. Yeah. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, I have to agree there. I definitely have to agree there. Um, you know, especially even with uh, McCaffrey going down, which we'll talk about in just a minute. Uh, you know, with Mike Davis coming in and playing, uh, I, I I think Jeremy Chin, absolutely the future of that defense. a great rookie year for him. You know, so he played lights out throughout the season. But overall, you're right. I think there was just a little bit of growing pains. And I think that was just to be attributed to not having an off season And obviously, new coach, new quarterback. And you're right. Teddy Bridgewater is not a powerhouse quarterback. You don't go after him with, with you know, the $25 million contract or whatever. I don't even know what his contract is. Christian McCaffrey, he goes down after the week two matchup against the Buccaneers with a pretty, fairly significant injury. Probably the worst thing that could have happened to the Panthers, but you all had a secret weapon, and I just mentioned it a little bit ago, and that was Mike Davis, a six-year running back veteran. He comes in and puts up some remarkable stats. 642 yards, six touchdowns, three 3.9 yards per carry. Not too shabby, right? He sustained at the running back position. I don't think he was being utilized to his fullest capacity, but he's moving to free agency. What do you think happens to him? I think
0: he gets paid uh, middle level starter money somewhere, which is probably overpaying to be honest. Um, not that I don't like Mike Davis, it's just that um, he got a lot of his yards were kind of manufactured because Teddy Bridgewater is a limited quarterback. So he got a lot of he got a lot of the the routes that Christian McCaffrey probably would have run out of the backfield. He was throwing a ton of passes. I mean, he was one of the best PPR running backs in. Yahoo in fantasy last year because Definitely. of that, because he was just getting catches constantly. And it wasn't like he was get, like Moss and defenders or anything like that. It was typically just check downs. Um, he, he really didn't play much after his first couple years in the seat C- in the NFL. So, I, and I'm not really sure why after watching him play, because I mean, at the very least you got yourself a great number two running back and he, he showed he can be a primary backup for a really top tier running back and you won't necessarily miss a beat. So I think he's going to end up going to a team that is running back needy or a team that goes kind of by committee, um, and he'll do well. I don't think he'll. I don't think he'll replicate the 2020 mm-hmm. season, but I think he'll be a, certainly an asset to that team.
1: Well, speaking of the, you know the running back position, we were talking about Christian McCaffrey. He is coming, expected to come back fully healthy. Sounds like he's doing great. Him and the Panthers were able to come to terms on a contract restructure. So what does this restructuring of McCaffrey's contract mean for the team? And, and second part of that question is, does that completely squash the trade rumors that were circulating around the Twitterverse? Uh, number
0: one, uh, pretty much the, from what I was gathering, they, they restructured these contracts to create cap space because this is a weird year. As far as cap goes, like Scott Fitterer, their GM said, I think it was today or it might've been yesterday. I'm not sure. Um, But he basically was like, yeah, I'm not restructuring is not going to be a strategy that we make, you know, a a regular thing like kicking the can can down the road. on cap is not a good strategy, as evidenced by the New Orleans Saints. (laughs) Um, And uh, I think really what it did was it squashed the trade rumors, because if the Panthers did then go ahead and trade him, they're just going to eat more cap space because restructuring. Giving him a, a more of a signing bonus means that there there's more dead cap down the road. So if a trade happens, Christian McCaffrey probably won't be involved in it. And I don't really think they ever were looking at trading Christian McCaffrey because uh, they did they signed him to an extension when Matt Rule was like at, when the new regime was coming into power. So it's not like he wasn't part of the plan. When you have a guy who is who was graded as a first round talent at both running back and wide receiver, um, it kind of eliminates the whole football Twitter argument that you don't pay running backs because Christian McCaffrey can play 99% of the snaps in any given situation whether it's a blowout a shootout again a blowout where the where the Panthers are winning like in every situation he is going to be a contributor and he could play all over the field so I don't really think he ever was going to be traded it's just one of those things where it's like he was the biggest asset the Panthers had so obviously you would involve him in the conversations with Deshaun Watson.
1: I don't see that any reason, especially if they're able to restructure the contract, I just don't see any reason why they would want to get rid of him well everybody you're listening to the bucks nation podcast our special behind enemy lines with the carolina panthers i am joined by writer and contributor for the cat scratch reader brian beverly another question i have here you brought it up just a little bit ago deshaun watson panthers have been talking about doing whatever they need to do to bring him in deshaun watson has not been coy at the fact that he's been very unhappy in houston but texans head coach david coley brand new head coach is adamant and confident that Watson will remain a Texan in the 2021 season for the foreseeable future. What are your thoughts? I think this is um, another
0: one of those situations where the Texans are just doing Texans things and being short sighted, I guess. Like I think that I actually think that they will retain Deshaun Watson, but it's going to blow up their franchise next year because um, they like, he clearly doesn't want to be there. You know, they they've all they've done for the last couple of years is just take stuff away from them. Like they took Desha- they took DeAndre Hopkins away from him. Like they wasted a prime year of his career. They they met they effed him over when he when they hired a new GM and they hired a new head coach without really consulting him. Like, you know, it's just one of those situations where it seems like Deshaun Watson will just sit he'll just eat the fines and do whatever he has to get out of there. Cause that's hap- a lot of a lot of Texans players have expressed the desire to get out of there i mean i never thought jj watt would leave the texans never deandre hopkins i mean that all and granted this this was a bill o'brien problem more so than anything but deandre hopkins kind of got kicked out of that locker room and deandre hopkins is one of the best wide receivers in the nfl Um, so i think they're going to hold on to him but i think carolina if given the opportunity they would give absolutely everything they can to get him i actually think that them restructuring McCaffrey and Thompson was kind of their way of being like, well, we're not going to get rid of these assets at this point. So now like the only players that are on the table would be some of their younger guys like Brian Burns, Mary Derek Brown, um, maybe one of their wide receivers. Like it's going to end up being, it's going to end up being a lot of draft picks if they managed to pull off that trade. But at this point, based on the comments by Matt rule yeah. uh, saying that yeah. Teddy Bridge yeah. is our quarterback, essentially it means that, all right, we, we're not going to end up with a quarterback in free agency at this point. I mean, they they did try to trade uh, Teddy Bridgewater along with the eighth overall pick for Matt Stafford. Obviously, that didn't work out because the Rams jumped in on that. Um, but it's possible they drafted quarterback at eight, but I, at this point, I don't see Deshaun Watson coming into Carolina purely because the Texans are being stubborn.
1: If Carolina were to reel in Deshaun Watson, and I know that in New Orleans, they've been tied to Russell Wilson. Can you imagine... Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, and Deshaun Watson, and Matt Ryan. Those are the four quarterbacks in the NFC South. That's just scary. <laughs> yeah, it would be
0: scary. And it's funny because for the longest time in, in, the, last, in the last decade, the NFC South was viewed as like the, the place for quarterbacks because at one point we had Cam Newton, Matt Ryan, right. Drew Brees, and Jameis Winston, who was playing at a pretty high level at, at points like, you know, they they were the quarterback division of the entire NFL. So for them to jump to that would be crazy, like to have well, that's like insane
1: to to even more insanity. <laughs> so Carolina has a lot of cap space. Uh We were talking about a pre-show. They've got over 24 million. However, They just sank a bunch of that into tagging, uh, putting the franchise tag on right tackle Taylor Moten. So what does that mean for the team moving forward? And where do you see, you know, obviously, are are they going to make more plays to free up that cap space again? Um, The Panthers posted
0: on their own website that they're probably not going to be very active in free agency, at least going after the big names it's kind of hard to say if the cap space number is accurate right now, because um, as we mentioned, Christian McCaffrey restructured, Shaq Mm -hmm. Thompson restructured. That all happened in the last couple days. Then Taylor Moten was tagged. So Taylor Moten sinks 15 million. The maximum number that I've been reading that they could have freed up by uh, restructuring those two contracts is 11 million between Shaq Thompson and Christian McCaffrey. So it's really hard to say how much cap space they actually have. Um, but I think that they're going to go the route they kind of did last year with Matt Rule, where Matt Rule is going to find his guys out there where he can get them for not too high of a price. I mean, Robbie Anderson was uh, one of the top tier free agents out there last year, and they got him for, a, I would say, a fair price based on the production he gave them this year. Um, he signed a guy like Justin Burris, who was a former Cleveland Brown. He, he, apparently, he played for him in college. And he was a starting safety for them. So I think he's going to find more guys like that to plug the holes they have. Though I wouldn't be surprised to see one like big surprise free agent signing that comes in where we're all like, whoa, why did they sign with Carolina? So it'll be fun. It's going to be a fun free agency period.
1: Well, I I love how 2021 is shaping up for the NFC South and it's definitely going to be very interesting. Well, hey, Brian, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. But on the other side, you have some questions for me about the Bucks free agency and options as we head into the offseason and what we can expect to see. We'll be right back.
0: Hello, and this is Brian Beversleus. Welcome you back to the Bucks Nation podcast. This is the Behind Enemy Lines segment. We just talked a little bit about the Panthers, so now I get my turn to uh, turn the tables around and ask some questions. The one thing that's on everybody's minds as far as the NFL goes is uh, how long is this going to last with Tom Brady? I mean, he's in his he's in his 40s, you know. We A lot of people kind of thought he might retire after being with the Patriots, but he obviously didn't, and he went and won another Super Bowl with you guys, so congrats to you. Uh, how long do you think this is going to go?
1: Yeah. So they're already talking about restructuring his contract and actually putting an extension on it. Jason Light hasn't been shy about uh, admitting that Uh, he's been obviously playing a little coy, what that will look like. But Tom Brady's doing his part to try and free up that cap space so that they can build around him. So we'll have to see. So he signed a two year, $25 million contract contract. He's got an average salary of about fifteen million per year. Um, you know, obviously loaded with incentives. So, does that get restructured with with additional incentives or signing bonuses, et cetera? We'll, we'll have to see how that all shakes out. But obviously, Tom Brady could definitely be here uh, for the next couple of years. And uh, Jason Light even said Tom Brady showed no signs of of slowing down. I think uh, you can see that. Anybody across the league can see that Tom Brady uh, was actually more adamant about throwing it downfield than he was. Uh, you know, doing his, his five to 10 yard checkdowns uh, that you've previously, you know, that you were, were familiar up in new England. So I thought that was really interesting. And uh, we were all scratching our head every week, week in, week out, like, holy crap, what the hell are you doing? Throwing these 20, 30, 40 yard bombs down to Scotty Miller, uh, you know, it was a crazy season. It was a different type of Tom Brady, but I think he's not showing any signs of slowing down. He can absolutely play at least until 45. So give it a couple years. You know, I think he can definitely make another run if it's not going to be in 2021. Could it be 2022? As long as the Bucks keep the pieces together and they're, they're obviously showing signs of heading in that direction.
0: Yeah. It's an interesting concept because I think the saints kind of, uh, gave us a little bit of a window on how long you can stretch a quarterback out because uh, Drew Brees is still there and they keep pushing cap space down the road with him. So that's kind of what they can do with Brady. But the nice thing with Brady is he hasn't shown any signs of decline where Drew Brees certainly has. There's obviously the, the option of void years as well on a contract where you push some cap down the road too. So yeah, it could definitely work. It's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, hope he doesn't hit that. The thing about quarterbacks that's funny is that, uh, they hit once they hit that that decline. It can happen real sharply. So I guess real we'll quick. see. But yeah. but Brady hasn't shown any sign of it. So on the other side of the ball. So I came into this thinking that we were going to have a conversation about Levante David and other guys. And uh, <laughs> then they went ahead and re-signed. They re-signed David, which I thought was a head scratcher. And then they and then I was like, well, there's no way they can also get Shack Barrett and Chris Godwin back. And then they go ahead and they get Chris Godwin back. And I was like, well, okay. So what what's the state of the defensive front? I know they got King Sue is going to be hitting free agency, though he might be flexible and obviously Shaq Barrett deserves probably top tier pass rusher money after the last couple years. So what's the deal there?
1: Yeah. I. So, you you know, it was interesting that you said that there was a lot of head scratching going on. I mean, there's some big numbers that are being thrown around. And, uh, you know, I met with uh, Zach Globner, who's a 95.3 WDAE here in Tampa. And he said that that defensive line is absolutely a must to focus on in the draft, and the free agency, wherever you need to. Uh, Shaq Barrett would be the player to to pay. I mean, you've got to throw everything that you can at him. He is a staple in that defense. They have obviously shown Levante David was much more of a priority, though. So that that was interesting. And like you said, that's a little bit of a head scratcher. Hmm. You've got an up and coming linebacker that could easily take the Mike position in Devin White. Why would you spend a lot, you know, that 25 million for the two years? uh, you know, shrinking your cap even more. And then, you know, obviously Barrett worth well over 18 million, you, you know, what, what do you do there? And then it, it kind of shows that maybe they're looking beyond Shaq Barrett. I know Bucks fans don't want to hear that, but there, there could be that potential where Shaq Barrett wants to be paid. I mean, he's, he's spent his, he's done his time at, you know, in Denver and here and in, in, in Tampa and he's gone through the franchise tag, right? Uh Instead of getting that long term contract, and I think he's waiting he's been waiting for that, and who knows what that conversation was last year with Jason Light and team and his agent, you know saying, "Oh hey, listen, we're gonna tag you this year, but hey, next year don't worry man we'll we'll get a long term deal done, right, and maybe they left him with this like false expectation that they were definitely going to get something more long term done, and that's why he agreed to that. so who knows what those conversations are happening behind closed doors? It certainly puts a lot of that, that Levante David move. And obviously Chris Godwin being uh, assigned to the franchise tag, which is worth over 16 and a half, I think million. It's, it, it definitely raises questions. Now, Dominican sue. I think he will do anything he can to stay in a Buccaneers uniform. Uh, I, I think he'll, he'll be glad to take a million dollars for a year. I, I don't know if he is going to be pursued very heavily past the Buccaneers. Uh, so he's already come out right away saying, Hey, whatever it takes, I'm staying with this team. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to say the least, but Shaq Barrett, keep your eyes on that because there actually were recent conversations and especially out on Twitter. And there I have been reports, uh, and, and obviously we're trying to stay as close as possible to it up on, up at BucksNation.com. Uh, but Shaq Barrett is talking contract with Jason light. So it's, uh, it'll be interesting what the front office does.
0: I will say one thing about the uh, the move with uh, Levante David and Devin White is uh, as a as a Panthers fan, I did get the the opportunity to watch Thomas Davis and Luke Kuechly play play together for many many years. Two cornerstones like that at the linebacker position in this league, they can be a very very good thing. Yep. So maybe maybe they can overcome not having Shaq Barrett around, especially if they find a way to sign somebody in free agency, maybe like an older pass rusher who's on you know the last leg of his career. Maybe it's a draft pick. So. I, I can see it, I can totally see it, especially if Shaq Barrett's cut, becomes un, un, uh, unaffordable, but you never know, working around the cap space, especially if they find a way to sign Godwin yeah. long term, yeah. so it's feasible, I mean, the Bucks have been proving everybody wrong this offseason as far as what they were going to do, because a lot of people thought they were going to lose everybody, so...
1: And that's another thing, like Keekley was was one of my favorite. I played that position back when I was in high school and I played football. I loved and so linebacker, I naturally gravitate to. And Keekley was actually one of my favorites uh, that have ever hit the field, uh, along with Ray Lewis, you know, and obviously Devin White and and Levante David have just shown that they are the dynamic duo. And that's Devin White is he's like, listen, you got to bring this dude back, bring him back for another year. And we will definitely wreak havoc. So he's been advocating pretty hard to make sure that Levante David stayed next to him.
0: A lot of com- basically kind of keeps the communication together in the defense. So I, I definitely see it. Um, but speaking of a uh, head scratching move, so and this is probably one that's not super feasible, but the Bucks have been defeating all of our expectations all off But there have been whispers of Odell Beckham to the Buccaneers. So that would mean that we'd have Godwin Evans. Antonio Brown and Odell on the same team, which is really scary. So please tell me that's not a thing.
1: (laughs) I mean, I don't think anybody saw the Antonio Brown move, right? I mean, that that was like, whoa, what the hell? You already have Mike Evans. You got Chris Godwin. You you had Gronk at the tight end position. And, you know, obviously before OJ Howard went down, you had three prolific tight ends, pass catching tight ends. You had... Uh, you know, no one would have imagined that you would have to go after someone like an Antonio Brown. So why the hell would you have to go after an Odell Beckham Jr. Now, OBJ is obviously out there to make a name for himself. I mean, he he went to the Browns thinking he, he likes what he sees. He likes the quarterback. He likes the coaching. He likes what he sees in, in that he could be the number one guy and he's going to be there with his boy. And obviously didn't Pan out as well, obviously, especially after his injury, his significant injury. I, I don't know that with the injury, with everything else that's kind of going on, you got to look at the cap space. I think the cap situation, which actually is the number one headline right now. And even though Tom Brady's restructuring and you got franchise tags being thrown out there, I mean, Evan Winter, who used to, you know, host this show with us, you know, even said it himself that can the Bucks even afford the franchise tag? I mean, look at how many players they can bring back that are on free agency. I mean, they're going to be, they're poised to be one of the largest hit by free agency heading into 2021 and, and fairly significant players, right? For one, I don't think the bucks are going to be able to afford them. That's number one. Number two, it all, it all hinges on Antonio Brown. I don't, you know, if they don't sign Antonio Brown, then it does leave room for another prolific wide receiver. But Jason light, again, will have to have another conversation with another guy who's who's made himself known if you're not getting me the ball I'm gonna go kick some uh kicking uh with the kicking nets, right net. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's like you know he he throws his tantrums so does Jason might want to deal with that I don't think this is gonna happen man I'll be honest it, it's a stretch it is a huge stretch um so I'm kind of squelching it right now and we have a, a nice article up there at bucksnation.com explaining this Gil does a good job It it could be challenging even if Tom Brady were to lobby for him. But I, to be honest with you, I don't think that's the best deal for this team.
0: I will take that.
1: All right, that'll do it for us here on the Bucks Nation podcast. I want to thank our special guest, Brian Beversluis from the Cat Scratch Reader. Tell all the good people how they can find you, my good man
0: uh so you can find me on cat scratch reader as the social media coordinator our twitter handle is cat scratch reader without the last e so cat scratch reader r-e-a-d-r i'm usually there trolling the falcons fans on twitter and 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 it's all in good fun no ill will or anything like that also check out the keep sounding podcast we actually just uploaded two episodes because just today greg olson and thomas davis both retired as panthers check that out and uh Thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah, man. It was a pleasure, man. Really appreciate it. You can find me on Twitter at JCBucksNation, and you can find the show at Nation Pod. Stay tuned in each week as we continue to bring you coverage from all angles, including fantasy, football, entertainment. And now from you, BucksNation, we want you to submit questions, make a shout out, make a comment, whatever you want to do. Send us an email at BucksNationPodcast at gmail.com. Leave us your name and a message and I'll get it up on the air in an upcoming show. Leave us a review on Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify or wherever you download and stream the Bucks Nation podcast channel. Until next time, wave your flags high and fire the cannon! See ya! no on my doorstep being Don't trip. We got to let Don't